All right. Good evening. Here we are. It's 8.40. Tonight we're learning Maseches Rosh Hashanah, Daf Yud Aleph. Um, housekeeping notes, two of them for the coming week, just so that we're all on the same page. Um, this coming week on Monday morning, we'll be having Daf Yomi. Uh, this coming week on Wednesday, so a week from tonight. Wednesday will be the blot and a half night. Thursday morning will be one blot and nothing Thursday night. I'll be out of town. Uh, my uh, Rabbi Howard's child is getting married, so I'll be uh, at a wedding at that time. So I'll send updates as they come along. We're just starting to prime the brains a little bit of a slightly different schedule for next week. We're st- <laughs> That's fine. We'll miss you. Uh, we're starting on Yud Aleph, Amid Aleph, about 10 lines down. And we're starting at the words Tanya, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer. And if you recall from the end of Shir yesterday at the bottom of Yud Aleph, Amid Beis, we had seen a machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua in regards to whether or not the world was created in Tishrei or Nisan, the Shittas respectively quoted in order, Rabbi Eliezer followed by Rabbi Yoshua. So today, what we're going to do is analyze every part of that brysa. That brysa spoke about when the world was created, the birth and death months of the Avos, um, the fact that Yitzchak was born on Pesach, the fact that on Rosh Hashanah, that Sarah, Rachel, and Chana were granted uh, the privilege of having children, and that on Rosh Hashanah, Yosef left uh, prison, and that on Rosh Hashanah, the Jews stopped doing uh, slave labor in Mitzrayim, and the famous line of Benisa Nigalu, Benisa Nesidin Ligal, that's a machlokas. Is it that Mashiach is going to come? Please, God, very soon. Is he going to come in Nisan or Tishrei? That's a discussion as well. So let's start with this brysa, which we'll pick up right where we left off in the midst of this machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua, 10 lines down, Rosh Hashanah, Yud Aleph, Amad Aleph, Tanya. The brysa writes, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Minayin Shebet Tishrei Nibraha Olam. How does he know? that the world was created in Tishrei, says the Gemara, uh, from the following Pasuk, Shene'emar. This is uh, this Pasuk and the one we're going to see next are very similar. So we have to pay attention to the differences between them. It says that there's going to be there's going to be uh, the ground, the ground will be pushing vegetation out and it will be eight pre. It will be a tree that already has fruit. We would not have necessarily read it this way. We would have called it a fruit tree. But here, as you can see uh, from the Gemara's framing of the Pasuk, we understand that it means that it is full with fruit. Ezehu Chodesh, what month is it? Where the ground is growing vegetation, but the trees are already full with fruit. That's toward the end of the summer when the crop is full, when the trees are pretty robust with their fruits. At this time uh, in, in Ganeda, and that was a time of revia, it was a time of rain. The rains had come down with Simchu and things had grown already. As the Pasuk and Chumash says that there was moisture that came up from the ground. So therefore, all of this aligns beautifully with for Rabbi Eliezer Shita to say that the world was created in Tishrei. All is well. Um, 12, 15 lines down or so, Rabbi Yoshua disagrees. Rabbi Yoshua, how do we know that in Nisan, the world was created? And this Pasuk is quite similar. They're not even that far apart from one another in Chumash. One of the Psukim, is in Breshis Bezvav, and the second one is in Breshis Aleph Yud Bez. They're not that far apart. And here is what the second Pasuk says, A tree that makes fruit, 
implying that the tree is not yet laden with fruit. Ezu chodesh, what month is it? Shall aretz deshaim, where the ground is full with vegetation. Ve'ilan motzi peros, and a tree is about to bear fruits. Have omer zenisan, it's on the earlier part of the spring. It's in Nisan, right after Pesach. So therefore, we, it's not yet full with fruits. Also, a parak at that same time, concurrently, what was happening is man behima v'chaya, the of Shemiz Davgen Zetzel. That was also mating season for the animals. Shanemar love Shukaramatzon. If you'll recall, we analyzed this Pasuk in two different ways according to two different Tanoim about the fact that animals were mating and conceiving during that time. Now, this was the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer, who has the Pasuk in Perak Bez, and as well the sheet of Rabbi Yoshua, who has the Pasuk in Perak Aleph. What does each of the Tanaim, what do each of the Tanaim do with the other person's Pasuk? Says the Gemara, V'idach Nami, one third of the way down, halfway through the thinner, uh, the thinner width lines. What does the first sheet of Rabbi Eliezer do with the fact that the Pasuk in Perak Aleph says that it's Osepri, it makes fruits, but it's not yet a tree that's laden with fruit? He says, no, that, 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 that doesn't indicate that the tree is empty. Hahu, that Pasuk, when it says it's Osepri, is lebracha ledoros It's a bracha for the future that Kodesh Baruch will make trees that, they will, that they'll always bear fruit. What does Rabbi Yehoshua do with the Pasuk that Rabbi Eliezer quoted? According to the first Pasuk that was brought to support the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer, that the world was created, Taka in Tishrei. So what does he do with the fact that it says that it's full with uh, fruits? So it says the Gemara, That Pasuk, it can be understood through the lens of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. In the Maisev Reishis, trees were not grown as saplings. They were grown at full growth, at their height. They were spoken to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Again, again, we don't know what this means. Kodesh Baruch Hu speaks, uh, is this... Is this a mashal? Did it really happen? The famous machlokas between the Ramban and the Rambam, the Garza Avim Keves, will we have these supernatural occurrences in the world where sheep and wolves can live amongst one another? Did God speak to the trees? Do we know what that means, even if the answer is yes? These are hard topics to understand. And as well, Litzivyonan <coughs> Nivra'u, Litzivyonan, Meaning uh, means, as Rashi explains, that they kind of got to choose, as Rashi says, a third of the way down, they could choose what they wanted to look like. I want my bark to look like this. I want my fruits to look like that. They, were, they got to have a conversation about it. Okay, again, we don't know what these mean. We say this pasuk all the time, at least uh, at least twice a week. And the drasha that we make is that they were spoken to to choose how they wanted to look when a Kodesh Baruch Hu would create them. So therefore, that extra pasuk of Os, uh, of Eitz Pri has a commentary to be explained like Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. And therefore, as we pause right here before we move on, uh, we see that Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua both have psukim that support their shittas, that Rabbi Eliezer holds that the world was created in Tishrei, and Rabbi Yehoshua holds that it was created in Nisan, and the psukim that are as kashas on, the, on their opponents are not problematic. Says the Gemara halfway down, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Minayin, Noldu, Avos. How do we know that the Avos were born in Tishrei, because the Pasuk says, 
Yerach, the month of the Eisanin Bechag, with the holiday. Yerach, Shenol Dubo Eisane Olam. It's a month in which the Eisane Olam, the strong ones of the world, were born a reference to the Avos. How do we know that that's the case? How do we know that the word Eitan is a reference to Tkifei, to the strong ones? In fact, we know this when people are at Brises and they name their kid Eitan. They always reference a, a, that Avram Avinu was uh, Isha Isanim. That's a ra- common reference. So people talk about this Gemara. They don't know they're talking about a Gemara, but that's what the Gemara says, that it refers to someone strong. How do we know that? So the answer of the Gemara is a conglomerate of Sukkim. Says the Gemara, as the Pasuk writes, Eitan Moshavecha, that's one, Eitan, the, uh, the Eitan of your Moshav, the Omer, and the second Pasuk, which helps to bolster where we're going, the direction that we're going, Shimu Harim Es Riv Hashem, listen, mountains, the, those who are fighting for Hashem, the Ha'esanim, most Aretz, the Eitanim that are the foundations of the world, the Omer, and now here's the describing factor of the Eitanim, the Omer, Kol Dodi uh, the voice of Hashem, here it is, Medaleg al Heharim, it skips over the mountains, Mekapetz al Hagivaotz, and it jumps over the hills. Medaleg al Heharim, Bischus Avos. So it's the Avos who can go over the mountains, which connects with the previous Pasuk about the Har and the Aesanim. And Mekapetz al Hagivaotz, that, it, uh, that the, it will go over the hills, that's Bischus Imahos. So we can see here with all the Psukim put together that eight, the word Eitan is a reference to those that are strong, and therefore the assumption. Uh, the assumption is that it was in a month of the Chag of Sukkis. That's going to be in the month of Tishrei. And it was Yerach Ehoi of the strong ones. And therefore, we know that the Avos were born in that month. Rabbi Yoshua, Omer, he says three lines before the wide lines, two-thirds of the way down. I mean, nine Shibanisa Naldu Avos. He argues, how does he know that really our forefathers were born in the month of Nisan? Shanemar, the Pasuk says, that 480 years after the Jews left in the month of Ziv, it was in the month when the bright ones of the world, Ziv, right? Ziv Hashchina, the bright, the light, that the bright ones were born. And we are talking about in this Pasuk Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which took place in the month of Nisan. So very clearly, if you are referencing the Avos as the bright ones, as the Ziv Sane Ha'olam, so then of course it, it would make sense to then assume that they were born in that month. What does each shita do with their counterpart's question? First long line, end of the line, and what does Rabbi Yeshua do with the Pasuk that uh, Rabbi Eliezer used to say that really Tishrei was the month? So it says the Gemara, you're right that Eitan means takif, that Eitan means very strong, but what we're saying is that the month of Tishrei is chock full of mitzvahs. There's so many things going on. You've got Rosh Hashanah, which has Shofar. You've got Yom Kippur, which has all of the mitzvahs Hayom, um, of Inui. And you have uh, the mitzvah of Tshuva. And you have Sukkot, which has a Sukkah. And it has Lulav and Esrog and all of the Arba Minim. V'chule, v'chule, v'chule. So therefore, that when the Pasuk does speak about Yerach HaYisanim, you're correct that it's a reference to the strong ones, but not people. It's a reference to the fact that the month is laden with mitzvos. What does Rabbi Eliezer do with the fact that the uh, the bright ones, how does he explain that pasuk? So says the Gemara, no problem. That there's a brightness to the trees. And this is quoted in Shulchan Aruch, the Amar of Yehuda. A person who goes out in the month of Nisan, and he sees that there are trees that are in bloom. Omer, he should make a bracha. 
Berios tovos, ve'ilanos tovos, le'isnos, bohen, b'nei adam, and that is the bracha that one should make. This is birkas ha'ilanos that we make, and as you can see from the line here in the Gemara, in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, ha'iman de'nafak b'yomi nisan, that we're supposed to only make this bracha in the month of nisan, so that's the earliest end, so there's a couple of factors that have to take place. You have to be in the month of Nisan and you have to see that it's Malav Leveh. You have to see that it's blooming. So therefore, when the Pasuk was referring to Ziva, Bechodesh Ziv, so Rabbi Eliezer would say back to Rabbi Yoshua, you read the Pasuk wrong. It wasn't talking about the bright ones referring to the Avos. It was saying that the trees are beautiful and you should make a bracha on them. It's not to say that he disagrees with the Shita of, of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yoshua probably agrees to the fact that we make this bracha, but he might have learned it from somewhere else. Here we are three-fourths of the way down, about 20 lines from the bottom. Uh, the Gemara says that even though there is a machlokas about when the Avos were born, um, there is no machlokas that whatever month they held in which they were born was also the month that they died. And this is where, in the Gemara, where we come up with this idea that a tzaddik will die uh, in the month in which he was born, if in fact he's a tzaddik. It says the Gemara, Man noldu mesu. According to Rabbi Yoshua, who says that the Avos were born in Nisan, he'll definitely be of the opinion that they were Going, that they died in Nisan, and as well, um, how do we know this principle? This is what Moshe says to the Jews, and he says to them, I am 120 days, and adds in an unnecessary word of today. He's talking when they thought his birthday was six months ago. No, he's saying today, I'm 120 years old. What's with the word Hayom? Shane Tamalomar Bayom. The Pasak really didn't need to add the word Hayom. Uma Tamaloma Hayom. Hayom Malu Yomayush no sign. This is uh my days have been filled. That a Kurdish Baruch who looks at the days and fills the days of the righteous. I will fill all of your days. In other words, your year will be full. Namely, you will die in the month in which you, the tzaddik, will die in the month in which you were born. Very good. Says the Gemara, let's move on. How do we know when the bride says that, that Yitzchak was born on Pesach? Remember, the, the Malachim came to visit and they said, What's the rest of the Pasuk? Well, Lena tomorrow morning, Hirsch texted me earlier today. He's like, How amazing is it? Not only is it this week's Parsha, but it's t- this day's Aliyah, it's Ravi. No, it's not tomorrow morning, is it? It's in Rishon. Oh, I thought he texted me. Uh, Bucky. He goes, I have to look back at his text message. Anyways, it was it is very cool, very cool that it's Mamashan this week. So then the Pasik says that the Malachim said, When I come back at the next Moed, what's a Moed? It's one of our holidays. So it says the Gemara, hang on one second. A Maskoi. When were the Malachim there? If you're going to say that they were there on Pesach, so how many days are there from Pesach to the next holiday? That 50 days later they came back. That There's no human gestation like that. No, that's ridiculous. You're not even two months pregnant at that point. Of course, the baby's not developed. Ella, the other option is maybe the Malachim were there on Shavuos. And what they were intending when they said Moe that they'll be back, that they'd be back the next Moe, they were talking about Tishrei, but that doesn't work either because Shavuos is in Sivan and Tishrei is not that far away. It's only five months. Can't have a healthy baby born at that time. I just had a great Shiloh come in this week. A baby was born. There's a Shiloh again. 
can't even remember all the details. Baby was born five and a half weeks early. There's nothing medically wrong with the baby. Like in diagnostics, the baby's fine. The baby is less than four pounds, three pounds in the high three pounds. Um, he's being fed because he's having a hard time uh, like suckling, like learning how to eat. So the halacha is that if a baby is chola, you have to push off the bris for seven units of 20. How do we define illness? So when the person called me, I said, I have no, I have no idea. I'll call her by first and I'll let you know. I have no idea what the answer is. And even if it's true, so what happens is, can I, will they let me in to do the bris bedside in the NICU? Probably not. I'm not a physician. So then I, they don't live here. They live in Detroit. We got to figure out all the logistics, but then how long are you allowed to push off the bris? We have to get the determination of the baby's healthy. So these shadows do come up, but this baby is very, very early. That's not possible. Ella says the Gemara must be 10 lines from the bottom. What we're talking about is that the Malachim came on Sukkot. Remember where we started? When was Yitzchak born? He was born on Nisan. The reason we know that is because there's no gestational period that matches from Chag to Chag unless you start at Sukkot and end at Pesach. Says the Gemara, wait. That's not true. Akati That's only six months to go from uh, to go from Tishrei to. That's the Gemara is going to say that in a moment. The Gemara is going to is going to share that idea. But the initial question of the Gemara is that in a regular year, in a non-Eber year, what do you have? You go from let's say the fifteenth of Tishrei to the fifteenth of Nisan. That's only six months. So the Gemara is bothered by it. It just says the Gemara, just like Michael shared, Tana Osa which brings us not to six months but to seven months. Says the Gemara, so so Kimidle Mar Yome Tuma We know based on uh, based on our Mara Mekomos that she was Poreses Nida at that time, and they could not be together. She she didn't conceive right away, which means that if there was a full exact seven months, that's what we're going to have this year between Sukkot, the 15th of Sukkot and the 15th of Nisan, there will be exactly seven months. But if Sarah was Poreses Nida, so then they couldn't be together, which means that there was at least a week. And that's if we follow the Dine Del Raisa. Did they follow? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, how they kept Tilchos Nida. Probably. I don't know what they did. I have no idea. It could be that they kept 12 days, but either way, it's going to be less than seven months. According to this math, and let's just go with the basics of the Psukim and Vayikra, that Isha, Benidas, Tumasa, that it's one full week. So then, yes, there's seven days, there's seven months on the calendar from the 15th of Tishrei to the 15th of Nisan. But if there's seven months with the Iberior, but she was Poreses Nida, then that means that she only conceived on, let's call it day eight, which means gestation was only six months and three weeks which is not seven months. So it says the Gemara, Omar Mar Zutra, Afilu Lamanda Omar Yoledes, Latisha Enu Yoledes, and the Kutayin. This is a discussion we're not going to get into in detail now. But even according to those, we'll learn this in Maseches Yivamos in more color, that if, uh, uh, according to the one who says that once a baby isn't in the ninth month, then they're not Yoledes and the Kutayin. They don't have the baby early within the month. We assume it's only full. That person still holds Yoledes, Lashiva, Yoledes, and the Kutayin, that once a person reaches into the seventh month, they can only go partially into the seventh month. Shinnemar, as the Pasuk writes, by Hilit Kufos Hayomim. Look at the words. Kufos are seasons. How many of them are there? Two. Miut Kufos Shtaim. Kufos at a minimum is two, and there's two seasons. There's four seasons in the year. So two of them have to be six months. Miut Yomim Shnaim. And Yomim is plural. So six months and two days is the minimum gestation period because the two days into month six is really month seven because when we start with our first month, you're starting two days in. That's month zero, day two. So that means six months and two days. It's like when we count into the sixth hour, it's five hours and a minute. 
So here we're saying we're going to be seven months of gestation. It's six months and a minute, six months and two days. So that works out. And therefore, we conclude uh, from the Gemara that we assume, therefore, that the baby Yitzchak was born on Pesach. That means that the year prior in Sukkot, not the year prior, the earlier part of that year when she conceived, she conceived Mamish right at the end of uh, Sukkot. The baby was born uh, six months and two days later. It could be. The truth is, we don't know. All we know is that it, it was um, at a maximum, the gestation period was six months and three weeks. At a minimum, the gestation period was six months and two days. So somewhere in that three-week range is when he was born. And it's under the assumption, which I might be wrong about, that the way they kept Hilchos Nida was like by Dine Del Raisa, which is a reasonable assumption, but I don't have any Marimukomos to support that one way or the other. But the math would still work, even if they kept 12 days as a minimum, like we keep as a minimum, five for Poresis Nida and seven, uh, seven Shevin Akim to reflect our concerns for Zava Gadola. There's still enough time. It's, it's still in the range of six months and two days and six months and 23 days. So it all fits. So then says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom, but Rosh Hashanah, we said, according to both Tanaim, Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yoshua, we had said the Nifkada, Rosh Hashanah, Nifkada, Sarah, Rachel, Vachanam, and Alam. How do we know that on Rosh Hashanah that these three uh, that these three women, these three barren women, were promised the gift or given the gift of having children. Amar Lazar, Asya, it should be Zahira Zahira and Asya Pekida Pekida. Uh, the reason it switched is because when the Gemara actually shows us what the Gzeir Shavas are, they're in, a, they're in the other order. So that's what some of the Kisve Yad had. What were the, what were the different uh, Gzeir Shavas? So the first was as follows. So that's number one. And Asya Zahira Zahira Me Rosh Hashanah. And that connects to Rosh Hashanah. And Pekida Pekida, how do we know about uh, the conception? So it says the Gemara, Ksiv Therefore, we know that all of these women, we have, we link them all together with Xer Shava and it's looped in to Rosh Hashanah, and all is well. How do we know two lines and now on the last line of how do we know that Yosef exited the Beis Asur in the prison that he was put in by Paro on that day on Rosh Hashanah? That's the Pasuk that we know. What does this have to do with anything? So says the Gemara, as we turn to the top of Yod Aleph and Aleph, and I'll just add, uh, let me finish this first. This is all the same parak. It's all the same parak of Tehillim. And what does it say? That Yosef was Bitsesa when he left. So because the Pasuk says at the bottom that we're talking about Chodesh Shofar, and the next couple of Sukkim indicate that he was Bitsay, so that Yosef left, therefore we know that he left. The commentary that we see at the top of this page is subject to some debate. We don't really, we don't really know who wrote it. It's very strange. There's a few of them in the Masechta. I think there's three. Um, you, uh, we know it's not Rashi. Look at the first two words. Kedipiresh Rashi. We know that's not the case. So you can always rule out uh, an approximate timing. We know it was written after the 1100s. Uh, we, don't, we don't know much more. So uh, if anybody wants to do a little bit of research, feel free. But it seems to be that the Shita that he's quoting here is Rashi more than anyone. He quotes him at the beginning. He quotes it at the end. Uh, and I don't know who authored it. I'm on a chat for rabbis across the country. This was a bit of a discussion who authored this and somebody put up some Mari Mukomo. So it was a, it's, a, it's interesting because 
we, we need to have the academic integrity of knowing who, who wrote what we're reading. So sometimes we're not sure that it's Rashi. Sometimes it might be his grandkid. We know in Baba Basra, Baba Basra, that Rashi dies in Baba Basra while he was writing with Andaf Chavtes. He died and the Rashbam took over. That's why Baba Basra is the largest Masechta. It's great for Dafyomi. It's Kishmak for Dafyomi. But if you're learning every Rashbam, buckle up. It's a, it's a long ride. I'm excited for Baba Basra. Anyways, that's how the Gemara concludes that Yosef was let out of the Beis HaSirim at that time. On the top of Yer Aleph, from Beis Rosh Hashanah, Bat Avoda, they have Hosein B'Mitzrayim, that on Rosh Hashanah, the Jews stopped their avoda, their subjugation, while they were in Mitzrayim. How do we know? That we, the Jews stopped in Mitzrayim and they removed the sevel, the suffering from Shechmo, from their shoulders. Now, when it, we, we saw that there was a machlokas between Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua in regards to the uh, to when the future Geula, when that will take place. However, everyone agreed that Benisa Nigalu, how do we know? Kedi'isa, go look in Chumash. That's uh, that's Mephorish. We know exactly what happened. According to Rabbi Eliezer, how does he know? From where does he get this Shita that, that we're going to be uh, redeemed in the month of Tishrei? Asya, Shofar, Shofar. Uh, there's two psukim and shofar, and one of them is, is the one that we know. shofar, and a pasuk that references the geulo shofar gadol. So we see that there's a gzeir shava shofar shofar. How does he know, or why does he assume that the geula will take place in the month of Nisan? So says the Gemara, Amar Korah, Leil Shimurim in Nisan, by the Pesukim and Chomesh, by, by Nisan, the pasuk in Chomesh says Leil Shimurim. This is why on that night, uh, for those who are Makbed, and what we should be, for those who are Makbed, I'm not very good at it, just to, to be transparent. Uh, but for those who are Makbed to stay awake long enough to read all of Kriya Shema, the whole thing, on the night of Leil Shimurim, on the first night of Pesach, and according to some postgame, even though it's Yom Tov Shein even on the second night, one should not say the whole uh, Kriya Shema Lamita, they just say Shema and Hamapil, and that's it. It says the Gemara, that's because of Leil Shimur and because it's Leila Mashumar Ubami Sheshesime Bracious. So that night, um, that night is Bami Sheshesime Bracious, but it's uh, it's Leil Shimur, and that's where the Pasuk comes from. And therefore, uh, he says that it's going to be Nisan. The interesting about the language here is that if you're trying to prove Nisan, so then the drasha of Leil Hamashumar Ubami Sheshesime Bracious is a little difficult, but Sheshesime Bracious. So it's Lishitaso. When did he say Sheshesime Bracious was? This is Rabbi Yoshua talking. It was in Nisan, which was Sheshish So that, that matches perfectly. We can't get confused with the Shittas here because Rabbi Eliezer said the world was Nivra on the bottom of Daf Yudam and Beis was the one who said that the world was created in Tishrei. But this is Rabbi Yoshua, the Shittas, so that Leil Shimurim speaks about Nisan. And the Sheshish were also in Nisan. Kafta Raferach, it works out perfectly. The Idach, how does each person understand their counterpart Shita? Laila. So Rabbi Eliezer would say back to Rabbi Yeshua, Laila HaMashuma Rubba All that means is that that night, that there's no mazikin. If you look at the first Tosfos on the page, underneath this unique footnote, and you look at the uh, the, the Tosfos there, Dibur HaMaschil, Laila HaMashuma Rubba It means that we're protected from mazikin. Rabbi Yeshua, Tarte Shamas Minar, Rabbi Yeshua learns a couple of things from that. The Kulu Modeh, Modu de Mishumar Minamazikin. He agrees to that they're Mishumar Minamazikin. Kidemuchach Ba'arve Psachem, and this should ring a bell. De Tikun Dalikosos Velochayesh Azugos. We had learned about a concern about Mazikin, about demons, that when things are in pairs, they cause for problems. However, we see that the, because Pesach is Leil Shimurim, even though the cups of wine are in pairs, 
But because it's Leil Shimurim, so therefore there's no concern about Zugos, about this demonic concern that, uh, very interesting. Uh, again, uh, this, you're seeing a weave. This is just, a, I'm just saying this on my own. I, what you're seeing is an interjection of the concerns of demons into the halachic process. It's not like external and just agarita. It's real. We had to factor it in because if Zugos is a problem, then what's with the four cups? We factored it in, and the concern about Shadim doesn't apply here because of a Pasuk and Chumash of Leil Shimur. Very good. And they're reflecting the shitas of Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer, their shitas match um, their own thoughts in another area. And the area in which their shitas match have to do with the story of Noah and the Teva. What was the date of, uh, of the Mabu? So it says the Gemara's follows the Tanya halfway down on Yud Aleph. On the base. We're actually going to go pretty far. We're going to go halfway down on Yud Beis and Aleph, not because I'm trying to jump ahead, but because it's all one sugya. Um, and that will just create for a little bit less work tomorrow, um, which isn't a bad thing because tomorrow is Thursday. The Tanya, the Brysa writes as follows halfway down Yud Aleph on the base. Bishnas Sheshme Oshana Lechai Noach, Noach was 600 years old. Bachodesh Hasheni, in the second month. Bishiva Asar Yom Lechodesh, on the 17th of the month. What was the date? Machlokes in the Tanoim. Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Oso Hayom Yud Zayin Be'ir. That makes sense because Nisan Iyar, as we learned in the beginning of this Masechta, we count years from Aleph Nisan. So if Nisan is month one, then Iyar is month two. Rabbi Yoshua has a very easy start to his Shita. Yom Shemazel. Kima, that the constellation of Kima, which is a collection of stars, Shokea Bayom, it, it is at rest during the day. Umayanos Mismaatin. And Kima was responsible for the strength of water in the springs. And when it was at rest, when it was seemingly below the horizon, the springs would not bring forth a lot of water. And therefore, there shouldn't have been a flood this day. But says the Gemara, because at that time people had deviant behavior. So therefore, and this is a very important idea, the Nefshah Chaim speaks about this extensively. We have the power to shift things going on outside of our, of our own Daladamos because we, we people down here on earth made a mistake. Therefore, Shina Kodesh Baruch Alein, my Sibrashis, he changed the constellations are supposed to be in perfect working order. The zodiac, the 12, con, the 12 zodi, the zodiacal signs, they're supposed to be perfect. So, here at this time of the year, it was supposed to be that the constellation of Kima was Nismite, it wasn't appearing. But because we messed up, so therefore, Shina Kadosh Baruch Alein, my Sebrechis, Hakadosh Baruch had to change the way that the world worked. The Hela Mazel Kima Bayom, and he raised up the, the constellation of Kima, and therefore, so really, the constellation of Kima is the one that's responsible for the extensive flooding, and two of the stars from the constellation of Kima were what brought up about the flood. And herein, we see the sheet of Rabbi uh, Yehoshua that really the flood started on Yud Zayin Er, as the pasuk says, in the second month. Now, Rabbi Eliezer, two lines from the bottom, is a little bit of a difficult sheet. So the Gemara is going to call him out on it and try to explain it. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Oso Hayom Yud Zayin b'Marcheshvan Haya. No, it was on the seventeenth of Marcheshvan. So that's uh, that's difficult. Tishrei Cheshvan, right? It's the second to Tishrei. What? What is this Sunday? Oh gosh. Okay, that was a little morbid, but uh, we'll we'll go with it for now. Let's hope that it doesn't. Uh, I have no idea. All right. Let's hope there's no flood. 
we were prom we were we were promised already. Wow. Okay. So it says the Gemara that Rabbi Eliezer argues and said that the date of the flood was Yud Zayin Mar Cheshvan. Yom Shemazel Kima Ole Bayom. And really, during this time of the year, the constellation of Kima, had we known what we were looking for, and some people might, I'm not one of them, people who really know astronomy, they could look up in the sky and say, yes, this is the Mazel of Kima, and I can see it. It's supposed to be up there. And normally it is correct. Uh, there is more water, and that's taka, seasonally true, at least, that there's more water, I guess. I, if there's major flooding, it's, uh, I don't know. So it says the Gemara, it is supposed to be in the sky, but it's not supposed to be flood-worthy quite yet. And as we turn to the top of Yud Beis Modalef, because people were misbehaving, so things change. We're supposed to skip the next four words, according to many of the Kisvei Yad. And the, the uh, constellation of Kima, which was up in the sky, and it was not supposed to be a huge amount of water, but there was supposed to be a lot of water, just not mabel worthy. But that, but because of the, the because of the way that people were misbehaving, the Natal Okay, these are the two shitas of Rabbi Yoshua, who says that the date of the flood was Yudzayin Iyar, the second month as it relates to Nisan. And it would then be the second month, according to Rabbi Eliezer, it was Yudzayin Marcheshvan, which is the second month as it relates to Tishrei. Each of them saying exactly, let's remember what the Gemara said here at the beginning of this sugya, the Azdu Lita'amaihu, that each of them were counting from what they thought was the beginning of the world. Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yoshua was counting from Nisan. And Rabbi Eliezer was counting from Tishrei Lashitasam. So then the Gemara throws a few questions. Bishlama the Rabbi Yoshua. I understand the Rishita Rabbi Yoshua. The Pasuk says in Chumash that it was the second month. That makes sense because we hold that Nisan is year one for the is, is month one for the count. Ella the Rabbi Eliezer, my Shani. No, that should be month seven. It should be month eight. It should not be this. Why would you why would you say that? Why would you say that this month is that's not right. It's not the second month of the year, says the Gemara. You're right. It's not the second month of the year as it relates to the counting of the year. However, it is Shani Ladin. It is the second month as it relates to Din. And what are we, in fact, talking about here? We're talking about Din. You guys all messed up. So this is a Din. So the frame of reference of the Pasuk, you're right, and we've been counting months as it relates to how we normally count here. I agree with you. But here, what we're saying is that we're, we're, it's as it relates to din, to the punishment, and you deserve the punishment. That was question and answer number one. Question two, five, six lines down, on Yud I understand, according to Rabbi Yoshua, who says that the date of the Mabul was Yud Zayin in the month of Er at that time, the constellation of Kima, was below the horizon, and therefore there should be no floodwaters. But that's why when the people made a mistake, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to change, uh, change the world. Ella says the Gemara, the Gemara, the Rabbi Eliezer, my Shina. According to Rabbi Eliezer, who says that the date of the Mabu was Yud Zayin Mar so then Kima was already up in the sky. It was already supposed to be full springs of water. What, what, what was the Shina? What change did HaKadosh Baruch Hu make to reflect the Poor behavior of the people on the ground. So says the Gemara, Kidder of Chizdom. 
Rav Chizda teaches us the following principle. The generation of Noach Beroschen Kilkalu, they made a uh, they made their kilkul, they made their their destruction Beroschen, which is a reference to Shechvas Zera. It's a reference to Tash Mishamita that should not have happened, uh, and that's uh, and if that was their kilkul, then Beroschen Nidonu. Then yes, you're right. You're right, according to Rabbi Eliezer, that Kima, the constellation of Kima, should bring about a lot of water, but it wouldn't be boiling hot water. But here, because they were Kilkalu with uh, Roskin, with Sheikh Vazera, therefore the water that came about during that time was boiling hot water. And that's just the Gemara explaining the price that they did in Aver, and that was their punishment. And how do we know that this is Mashma? Because, says the Gemara, remember at the end of the Mabu, we said a tough word to describe, but says the Gemara, we have by the Megillah, by Megillah, remember the story, Haman? He was so angry. They, they hanged him on a tree. What was the result? Finally, his anger came down. The boiling hot water, the temperature lowered. So that's how the Gemara brings a raya that we, that what, when Rabbi Eliezer says that really the date of the Mabul was in the month of Marcheshvan and really the constellation of Kima would anyways be in the sky at that time and there should anyways be large springs of water gushing forth, the Chiddush wasn't the water. The Chiddush was that the water was boiling hot to reflect Mida Keneger Mida, what they did wrong, which was Sheikh Vazer Labadal, Tashmash Amita, that should not have happened. Lastly, and we'll close with this, Tanu Rabban, on a third of the way down in Yudbez Aleph, the rabbis teach us in a the Jews, the Chachamim, we count the date of the Mabul. We assume that it was Yud Zayin in, in fact, Mar Cheshman, like Rabbi Eliezer, not like the Shita of Rabbi Yoshua, who said that it was in the month of Iyar. Ulet Kufa, when it comes to seasons, they talk of follow Rabbi Yoshua in regards to the constellations. That's not a difficult comment to understand. And then says the Gemara, uh, yeah. No, that's not. I'm looking at Rashi here. Rashi says almost halfway down. Deeper Maschil of Tkufa Kirabi Yoshua Shemon and Tkufa Sachama the Halavana Mon and Minisan. That's the the Yisod of Rabbi Yoshua is that we start counting from Nisan. Um, so that's what uh, just that that is what that Nakuda means in the Gemara that when we start counting, we start counting from Nisan. But the Chachme Umos Haolam, the non-Jews, the, the wise non-Jews, Monin Afle Mabul Kerebi Yoshua. Their understanding is that the Mabul took place in the uh, in the earlier date in the year in the month of Er, like the Sheet of Rabbi Yoshua. We'll stop right here tomorrow night, Thursday. Mir Tzashem will learn a blot and a half, and we will get to the bottom of Yud Gimel Amid Aleph. Um, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's about it for tonight. Wishing you all a beautiful night.